1: This is the make or break your, your your season right here. It's the offensive line. If our offensive line is not going to play as a cohesive unit, if somebody's going to get injured, another knee blows out, who knows, then toss the season. It's not going to be what you everybody's hoping it's going to be. Cheryl Cook writing and rewriting history, first ever national title for Texas Tech.
0: Welcome, one welcome all to the tortillas and takes podcast. You are on once again with your boy, I'll be sure. And it the season is here, it is game week, week numero uno. That's right, we're week one. We have the Wyoming Cowboys, uh, this Saturday. And but you know what, here at tortillas and takes, we have not done our season preview. We've got a chance to talk to every team we're going to play this year, we've got a chance to have these people come in. And talk about it and say like, oh, hey, you know, this is how we feel about Kansas. This is how we feel about Houston and Texas and, and K-State and West Virginia and all that. It's been fun. It's been great. But we have not got a chance to do some of our own housekeeping and talk about the Texas Tech Red Raiders. So to do that is, of course, I got to bring on the people champ himself, Jeremy Gillen. What's up, Jeremy?
1: It's enough of the pretenders, Albert. We gave them their spot in the light. We had some of our friends come on. They're great but their football teams from here on out are trash. So I'm excited because we've been hinting at it. They, we've we've constantly had people asking us, well, what about Texas Tech? What about Texas Tech? And we're like, hey, we will get to it. We will get to it. And we have waited patiently, and now we're going to get to it. So feels good. Also really helpful that the death chart came out today, so we can actually, actually have something to talk about
0: well, Natalie, I mean, so the depth chart's always a funny one because, you know, we and it's always easy to know what the depth chart's going to be, right? It's its always easy to know as far as, like, what it's going to be, what we're seeing, you know, we, of course, we all have friends in the media, and you see it on, on you know, whether it's Lubbock Avalanche Journal or uh, Daily Toyodor or, or Red Raider Sports or whoever, and they're going to come out, and they're going to put out and say, this is the depth chart, this is what we're seeing, this is what it's actually going to be, right? Um Texas Tech Plus, which is Texas Tech's streaming service, has a, had a nice little te- a depth chart reveal show today. Uh, today being Sunday as we're recording this. Had a nice little uh, depth chart reveal show. And in that depth chart reveal show uh, was straight from the horse's mouth. It was Joey McGuire confirming what the depth chart actually is going to be. So y'all don't have to go to our lads or ESPN to get the depth chart. You can get it right from Joey McGuire telling you what the depth chart is going to be. So... We were talking about a pre-pod. We were comparing our notes pre-pod. And, I mean, to me, let's... Jeremy, let's just get right into it. Let's, first of all, talk a little bit about the special teams. That's that's what everybody cares about, right? Special teams. That's why they're special. So, that's that's exactly right. That's why they're special. Um, at, at, now, the punter position, I think we all knew Austin McNamara was going to be the punter. Best in the um, nation. He was. He, he's one of the best in the nation, for sure. Uh, and... and um. So he's, there was no question about that. I do think there was a competition for that kicking spot, though. That kicking spot was a little bit, uh, a little bit spicy. Um, Spicy. (laughs) And so it wasn't a guarantee of who was actually going to be the kicker there. Gino Garcia, uh, transfer from Houston Christian, he gets the spot as the starting kicker uh, this year. Um, You know, and so, I mean, what, what do you think?
1: Just win, baby. You got one job. I like, you know, I, I, I think in our, we have been spoiled with like good punters in the previous years. Um, Give me a, give me an efficient kicker. Like there's, there's something that we have got to be, and this is going to come down to, we've had a couple of, um, we've had a couple of different previews on here where the guests have said that it will come down to a field goal and they will win by a field goal. We've had at least three state that they would have a close game with Texas tech. It'd come down to a field goal. And if this is the case, you got to have a good kicker. So I'm I'm throwing all hands on deck for Gino here to solidify us some victories this season cuz we won a lot of close games last year, sorry Iowa State, and just like it, it's time to it's time to really just kind of continue the efficiency, do the little things right. So Gino, you're up. You're number one in on the depth chart, man.
0: Gino's up. And and you know, it's going to be interesting. Um and for those that didn't know, uh, real quick sidebar, I said he was a transfer from Houston Christian. Um for people that don't know, Houston Christian used to be Houston Baptist. I, I found this out at the end of last, year, like last year's basketball season, because I was randomly watching uh, ESPN Plus, and they were mentioning Houston Christian, and I'm like, Oh these stupid announcers." They don't know it's called Eastern Baptists. What idiots! Idiots. And then I, then, then then I, I was, I was the
1: idiot. They, they de <laughs> denominationed the <laughs> 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 That's right.
0: That's right. They were like, hey man, we're losing, we're losing students. <laughs> come on, Protestants. Let's just back it up. Methodists, yeah, Catholics, all of y'all. Come on, man, we're all Christians. <laughs> we didn't mean to. <laughs> oh, come on, man, we didn't mean to like you know solo solo the Baptist side at all. You know. So, but anyways, so uh, uh, technically, Gino came from Houston Baptist because he wasn't a Houston Christian when he was playing there. (laughs) Anyway.
1: So we we don't have to guess his favorite. (laughs) Bring it back. (laughs)
0: That's that's right. Bring it back, though. Uh, There was competition between him and Reese Burkhart. Uh, Reese Burkhart was a transfer from UAB. It looks like Reese Burkhart will still do the uh, kickoffs. Um, And and that begs the question a little bit for me as well as if we're going to see Reese Burkhardt do some of the long field goals. Usually the guy that's doing the kickoff just has a stronger leg.
1: Yeah, he's got the I mean,
0: you know, so who knows? Yeah, yeah. So we'll see if that ends up being the case. I know uh, Gino Garcia and Reese Burkhardt kind of had that that camp battle. So we'll see if uh, uh, we end up having a switch there. But depth chart reveal shows Gino Garcia is the starting kicker. Reese Burkhardt's doing kickoffs. Uh, And then we're going to have – austin mcnamara austin mcnamara punting uh, as far as returners no surprises as far as part return miles price doing the part returns did a great job of it last year xavier white will to be doing some part return as well we'll also see xavier white on a kick returns as well as jordan brown mm-hmm. so new name uh good pieces there yep. good pieces there any any worries about the special team to you jeremy
1: the only worry is going to come from the special teams for me is not the guys you see on this list, but the guys who are going to be on the kickoff squad or that punting team. Um, will they will they handle their assignments? You know how will our special teams look formationally? But outside of that, I have no qualms about the the depth chart.
0: Uh, and then Jackson Knotts is the long snapper. I don't want to, you know, no Jackson Knotts slander. Um, can't skip over you know, so him. <laughs> with threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So let's, so let's switch over to the defensive side of the ball. Um, so a lot of people come in and they're like, well, what about the D-line? You lost Tyree Wilson. He's killing it with the Raiders right now. You know, it's funny. Tyree Wilson, um, you know, he's still recovering from his injury. Uh, he he's healthy, but he's still recovering a little bit from his injury. And so there was a lot of like, oh man, you know, Will Anderson looks great for the Texans. You know, well, how, 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 how will Tyree Wilson look? Is he gonna be fine? I saw a clip the other day. He he shoved he one play off of a wide nine and shoved the uh, what was it left tackle into oblivion. Like just he, doing he, his he thing. Just like picked it. Yeah, I I was like, my God, man. Like, you're you're supposed to be a rookie, dude. You can't just be embarrassing people. They got families to feed. (laughs) Uh, So, but anyways, so how does Texas Tech rebound from that? So the D-line that we kind of have here is we got the the law firm, of course, in the middle. The law firm that is Jalen Hutchins and Tony Bradford starting right in the middle there. Um, Miles Cole gets that edge position. And it, it listed listed as an OLB but i do want to kind of put and I know this is technically what considered part of the linebackers but Steve Linton is the starting outside linebacker and i know he's given that outside linebacker spot we are going to see him in coverage a little bit but really I think we're going to see Steve Linton off that edge in a in a in a you know uh two technique kind of kind of up a little bit on this two and then just gunning I think a skinny guy from Syracuse is going to be coming off the edge a lot. And I think that's what you're going to see that multi-defense multi, the multi defense that DeRuda likes to do is going to be with Steve Linton coming off that edge and having him and, Josiah, or him and Miles Cole just attack quarterbacks.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's what he was doing over at Syracuse, right? So Steve Linton coming in, um, he will be a senior. And so coming in with a lot of experience from Syracuse, really his breakout seasons were uh, in 2020, and then he kind of took a step back, I think an injury in 2021. But then right back at it last year, you know, four sacks, um, 22 tackles. He's just – he's staying busy. He's staying busy in the backfield, and that's exactly why, you know, um, DeRuiter wanted him to be in that outside linebacker position, like you said. So we're going to have a lot of quarterback chasing this year. So I, I love I love the addition of Steve Linton. But I also want to bring up uh, Miles Cole as an edge player. I was watching the Ole Miss game um, – a couple days ago, I was just kind of get like a refresher of where our team was at their most, you know, at their most efficient uh, without Tyree Wilson. And Miles Cole has a lot of, it can compl- applied a lot of pressure on the outside during that game and made himself known in the backfield. So I'm really excited to see Miles Cole kind of burst through that. And of course, you got the law firm. Uh, so pass rush, uh, uh, pa- or excuse me, the pass rush and kind of the, the our line, I'm the most confident in our line this season, even with the, departure of um, most confident Tyree Wilson yeah I I really like the people that we have in place there unless Miles Cole has taken a step back uh at all or Steve Linton isn't who he says he is we will have no Jalen Hutchins or Tony Bradford slander on this podcast they have they we will have zero percent slander of those two guys out of fear and respect so yes I would say that I think the line is uh, I'm most uh comfortable with them
0: well I'll say this like Having that interior pressure... I think the interior line is some of the most underappreciated and undervalued positions in, all, in the entire football team. If that interior line is, is shoring up and you're, you're really able to, to to take on a lot of the old linemen or plug up the holes that you're supposed to plug up or just dominate in the inside, it makes it so much easier for not just the linebackers behind them, but the edge rushers for Miles Cole, for Steve Linton, for these guys to really do what they do best. And because you have two of you know, I would say if you put ten on interior linemen in the conference. Jalen Hutchins and Tony Bradford are gonna be two of the of the top ten interior linemen in the in the conference. Jalen Hutchins, in my opinion, one of the one of the probably the top three interior linemen in the conference. And so like that really um gives you a big advantage that just a lot of teams other teams don't have and so a lot of other teams can come out here and say well we have a good left tackle we have a good right tackle how many of y'all got a good left guard and right guard mm-hmm. right like there's only a few teams that can come through like I guess, as far as teams that have that good interior West Virginia has a good interior um, oklahoma has a good interior texas has a good interior but like, it's not a lot it's not a lot and I think that's really where, where we can really dominate are there any other as you look at this depth chart any other uh, depth pieces that you're really excited to see
1: well and so let me say Uh, because I've been thinking about this, that they talk about how the quarterback is the one who controls the tempo, controls the game on the offensive side of the ball. I think the tackles are the one that control that for the defense, right? Because if they're getting pressure on the quarterback, they're the one creating havoc. If they don't, then the quarterback gets what he wants. So, but we talk about depth. um, I'm, you know, this whole linebacking crew is the most interesting to me. So With Jacob Rodriguez coming, or uh, excuse me, Bryce Ramirez coming back into play at that outside linebacker position, he's listed behind Steve Linton. I'm interested to see how that plays out throughout the season and how much play time they split because Bryce Ramirez was a good outside linebacker. He was starting for us early last season. He played against NC State. His leg imploded terrible. Thankfully, we were on the other side of the stadium. Um, But a lot of energy coming back into the season, has a lot of praise from the coaches, He's kind of taken on. a... I would not be surprised if he, surprised if he comes out as a captain um, for the team. Interested to see how the playtime stacks up. Then, but outside of that, man, Jacob Rodriguez, Tyreek Matthews, uh, Wesley Smith, Isaac Smith. Um, there's a lot of interesting names up and down the linebacking crew. But the uh, linebacking uh, crew uh, is my biggest question mark of the of the defense right now because I don't know who's going to be that dude. Because there there could be uh, there could be a dude in this group. They haven't proved it yet. So then he gets to the defensive back. Oh, go ahead.
0: Yeah, no, so speak, speaking of the linebacker crew, so with that, like you said, with Jacob Rodriguez and Josiah Pierre will be the starters there. Jacob Rodriguez Jacob Rodriguez, starting uh, spot at the Mike linebacker, Josiah Pierre at the Will linebacker. Uh, so Josiah Pierre was really known as the really that outside linebacker spot. It seemed like he was kind of moved a little bit inside to the will spot with the, with the addition of Steve Linton, um, Josiah Pierre though. I mean, he's, you know, they've had him mic'd up. He's really taken on more of that leadership role on the defense, which has been really good to see. Um, he's kind of, I think been the guy to, to really take over and take the helm of the next quote unquote, next great Texas tech linebacker. Um, and and it's, it's really him taking on the mantle. I've been joking all off season, kind of switching over to Jacob Rodriguez that, uh, um, you know, the only school that can convert old quarterbacks to linebackers is Iowa State. So, I don't know how it's going to be. But we're going to see. I mean, I don't disagree with you that this is the question mark, right? This linebacking spot is the question mark. Can Josiah Pierre go back into coverage if need be? Can Jacob Rodriguez lead that laid the hammer in the run game? You know, can some of these depth pieces, like you were mentioning, Tyreek Matthews and, and, and Wesley Smith and, and Isaac Smith, like, can these guys do what's needed to really shore up that front seven?
1: i mean that's gonna be the question i totally thank you i totally glanced over josiah pierre josiah pierre is gonna be the most like ready for this position as in regards to experience with the double t but i do think it's interesting that he moved from that outside linebacker position towards the inside maybe they're a lot more comfortable with him attacking the run and attacking downhill but have more faith in flinton steve linton kind of being more of a um being able to hold that flat and being able to chase down the quarterback if need be. So, but it's just like the, the evolution of linebacking, like the evolution of linebackers where they're moving, you know, where the positions are changing every so often, just a lot of question marks. Right. And so we could be thinking a lot of question marks. So we're kind of scared. They may be in a position where they think, Hey, a lot of question marks, but every, every outcome is good. And that would be a really good, I would love that. So, um, where we would usually have the strength of the defense, Albert, where our linebacking crew, right? We've had excellent voices coming out of the linebacking crew from um, Dakota Allen, from Jordan Brooks. Uh, it, it's just like there's a lineage here where you can find uh, a lot of, like, captain voices. There's just a big question mark there of who's going to take that role. Um, so let's back it up to the the one thing that Texas Tech has been, I think, still has a gut reaction with right just kind of yeah. that i don't know because <laughs> we've been so hurt so long defensive backs
0: well let's talk about it so let's first talk about the safeties so with our safeties we do have uh the rabbit the and taylor damerson over ball the top hawk, right where you there, want a free safety yep. spot where you want him it's gonna it won't surprise me if he leads the team in interceptions for sure uh, also tyler owens former texas transfer a guy that was a depth piece last year's is, is really kind of started to Find his footing as a Red Raider towards the end of the year last year, and and now also getting that starting spot, and then the star uh, safety position, C.J. Baskerville. So C.J. Baskerville gets that gets that star spot uh, there and um, over Brendan Jordan, Joseph Plunk, and that star position um, has has been one that you know that was one that we carried over from Baylor, right? It made Jalen Petre a, a top a third round pick. And it was it was one that was really successful last year, and we're going to see Baskerville now take take the man on that star position. What do you think about the safeties there?
1: You know, I, I like. I mean, DTD is going to be your staple. Um, outside of that, it's anybody's game because you'll notice that in the star roster, you've got Joseph Plunk kind of hanging out in three, but he's also hanging out kind of in this this the uh, strong safety position. And so, I don't know, man. It's I'm not upset with it at all because I think this unit works really good. We'll talk about the cornerbacks specifically in a second, but I think that this unit works really well that DTD is going to really be the commander of that and who you throw out there kind of that star or you put them as strong, it's really not going to it's going to be kind of inconsequential. I'm interested and this falls on the back of uh cornerbacks, our cornerback depth chart, but I'm interested on who opp- opposing teams are going to single out because it's probably going to be Whoever is in that star spot because they're, there's such an unknown to like the depth chart where you got the cornerbacks. Okay. You got a lot of cornerbacks out there and we picked on one, you know, we saw how that kind of went and you got somebody out there at free safety. Who's going to, if we loft a ball too high, there, he's coming in. Um, So I'm really interested to see, I'm not worried about it, but I'm interested to see, you know, who they're going to pick on and how that athlete will respond.
0: Well, I mean, so last year, Muddy Waters was in the star position and, Muddy Waters had, I mean, he, he was muddy. He had a, he had a, he, <laughs> he was muddy. He, he got dirty, <laughs> right? He got, Muddy Waters went in there and he got dirty and he, he played, I think, uh, uh, pretty admirably for the first time we've had a position like that. Here at Tech, and so I think the thing was you may be right with Baskerville and the fact that that star position is one where the, the the safety has to be aggressive. He's going to be in there in the run game, but he also has to be able to sometimes cover that slot receiver, sometimes cover that tight end, and be very versatile, right? I think with I I think if you're Wyoming or or Oregon in that first year here, I think you definitely look at a guy like Baskerville and say, well, what exactly can he do? I mean, I mean, he he kind of played. I I will say this with Baskerville. He played a similar position at San Diego State, right? So he at least, unlike Muddy, who was kind of, this is a new position to him, a new position in the entire defense. Baskerville comes in knowing how to play this type of position, right? And so that's why I'm I'm a little bit less uneasy about Baskerville. I mean, it was almost like the second he committed, they came over, they slotted him into that spot because he was a guy that already knew what to do there. I think really the bigger question when it comes to who to single out is at that cornerback position, and we can talk about it now. Um, on Texas Tech, plus Joey McGuire kind of said that they have we have three starting cornerbacks, uh, and so that being Rashad Williams, who who that's yeah. that's CB one. Rashad Williams, him. CB1. yeah, yeah, that's CB one. So really, it's the other side of Braylon Lux, Fresno State transfer, or Malik Dunlap. Now, last year Malik Dunlap was a guy I picked on a lot. And Malik Dunlap had very much a you win some, you lose some season. But unlike other cornerbacks in the past, where they get picked on, they get picked on, they get picked on, and every time they get picked on, they lose or they don't succeed, Malik Dunlap would get picked on sometimes, and he'd get mossed. And the very next play, they'd come back, try to pick on him, pick on him again, and he'd pull out a great a great play, right? And he got better as the season went on because you get picked on enough times, you're either gonna shut uh, put up or shut up. And and he and he did so, and he was able to play better. Uh, and it just—I mean, Braylon Lux coming in—I I don't know if the coaching staff was expecting Braylon Lux to be as good as he was during camp. You know, I—he I, I, kind of came out. I want to say he came out of nowhere, but like he came in and from almost from immediately made an impact.
1: Well, that's one of the first people we heard about whenever they were talking about camp. Is like. Brandon Lux has a high motor and it's just like came in as if it was another day, you know, that he didn't come from Fresno state that he's been at tech the whole time. Like he, the assimilation was really easy. You know, he's getting along with the other backs. He's coming in with high intensity. And this is not a guy who was just like riding the bench at Fresno state. Right. I mean, this guy who averages probably about um, 29, 30 tackles a season, you know, he's getting pass deflect deflections. He's getting interceptions. Uh, he had a couple sacks, last year so he's he's being efficient when if they're calling like a defensive back blitz and so this is a guy and um the ucf guys are talking about this we want guys who aren't coming from the big name schools remember because we've had athletes come from even alabama lsu we've had athletes come from like sec schools consider the best the best right they were big know, recruits right?
0: Like, like, why would you want a, a I don't know, like a six foot seven guy from Texas hand? and
1: Like, why would you even want that? Hey, you know that's different. Like... <laughs> that's different. That was different, you know it. But like, our percentage of wins versus like, uh, not good. Like, not panning out is just so small. And so we want the guy. It's very Texas Tech, and you said it. I mean, the Tech basketball team gets it, Man, we want guys coming up who are hungry, who want to play ball. And Braylon Lux is that dude this season. He's gonna be the hungry dude. Is gonna try to be proving at every play. And yeah, he may get mossed. That's just part of this Texas Tech defense, anyways. But the like the ability to respond and come back that's huge. So I'd like to see him get really and there's a reason he beat out Malik Dunlap. If it is on this like if he's getting beat him out, it's yeah, an or. It's an or. But it's ma- it was Malik Dunlap's. Out. It was it was Malik's position to lose. And I think if you go from being CB one. And then Braylon Lux comes in, and then it's like, oh, C.B. or I think you lost. I think you lost.
0: Uh, so, you heard it here first. Sorry, Tyler Shuck and Baylor Cup. We don't care about you and your Power 5 schools that you transferred in from. Yeah, y'all are nobody. Hey, to Jeremy you ain't
1: nothing. Prove me, dip. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong and stay healthy all um, season.
0: Yeah. So, Jeremy, who do you have as your player of the defense?
1: You know, let's take out Jalen Hutchins and Tony Bradford right now. We got to pick somebody else. Those are easy ones, right? Um, I think DTD is due for a crazy season. I think DTD kind of floating over the top. If we can get pressure on, if we can get the pressure I'm assuming we're going to get on opposing quarterbacks, I think Adrian Taylor Demerson is going to have an incredible season if he has the freedom to play ball like he can play ball. So that's like my defensive player of the year, Dadrian taylor dimpson I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that. So it's I'm risky to pick it take back. Take, yeah.
0: Hutchins and taking out Hutchins and Bradford actually was a, a kind of surprising because not not Hutchins, but I um, actually think Rayshad Williams. I, I think there's two players on defense that'll be playing on Sundays, and I think Jalen Hutchins is one, and I think Rashad Williams is the other. And I, I think Rashad Williams, if he becomes a lockdown corner, that I think he can be. Um then that unlocks a whole other level in the secondary that, uh, that we haven't seen. I mean, we haven't seen it. And it started last year with, t- with teams actively trying to throw away from him. And that becomes a consistent theme in general. And now you can say, okay, well, Rayshad, he has that side. So now I right, Baskerville float on a little bit over, all right DTD when you're when you're playing free safety, kind of hover on the other side a little bit, and it makes it easier for Lux and Dunlap and Horn and and, and uh, uh, Watts and people, you know, for those guys if they're on on the other side of Rashad Williams, I think that's really the piece that I'm very excited for.
1: Well, don't you so, think that though, like the fact that Rashad Williams is our undisputed CB one, like our guy who's going to be the most efficient, the most the la Zach McPherson, don't you think that that would open up the uh, get kind of like less of an active season if they're always pass <laughs> it to the other side. Well, so,
0: I mean, but at the same time, it's like stats don't always mean a player of the year, right? Like, I'm, I'm looking okay, at fair. who's going to yeah, be the most fair. impactful, yeah. right?
1: And so, like,
0: um, a good example of that is, is in the NFL. Like, Darrell Revis didn't always have the best stats. But you weren't throwing to Revis Island. No, you <laughs> You know what I mean? So, yeah. Uh... Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Um, and we're actually going to start with the most contentious group on the offense. That's the O-line. The quarterback. That's, that's oh. The, oh. <laughs> the O-line is the piece that has made – I know it's made given me the most heartburn thing of the offense. What's this O-line going to really look like? Because they were definitely the piece last year that gave us the biggest qualms offensively. Like, I mean, we had some real O-line problems. And we mentioned it in this preview show exactly a year ago where we said, if this O-line can be healthy, this can be a really good O-line. The second somebody goes down, it's going to be a problem. And guess what? Somebody went down. We had two people out for the year, two games into the season on the O-line. So, not great, Bob. Um, So, let's look back on this O-line here. So, the starting O-line at left tackle, we have Monroe Mills, no surprise. Cole Spencer at left guard. Rusty Stats, the Western Kentucky transfer, coming in at center. Uh, Dennis Wilburn at right guard and Caleb Rogers at right tackle. Caleb Rogers is one of the guys that had a lot of on-the-job training last year. Uh, What do you think about this lineup coming in?
1: Scary. Really scary. Um, And it's because, you know, like Cole Spencer coming off injury, it's because you don't know much about Rusty's stats. It's because uh, we had to see Caleb Rogers getting absolutely (laughs) destroyed, you know, a lot last season. Tyler Shuck. Um, or not Shuck, uh, Morton and Smith most often on the run or uh, having to make a a play quickly. But I will say this much. When we look back at, um, I don't remember if it was in the brand episode or we just saw it on Twitter, but Coach McGuire making comment to Tyler Shuck that he's never had this much time. You don't know what to do. You never had this much time in the back. You just don't know what to do. And we joked, maybe concerningly so, that that's not necessarily a good thing if we're thinking about the defense (laughs) like okay either our defense is trash or or they're not really applying pressure but there is a there here's the here's the slim hope that we're both wrong and that this offensive line is healthier that this offensive line is rearing to go that everybody is in a position that they feel comfortable and effective in and that our offensive line uh like strategy is effective right so this 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 is the make or break your 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 season, right here. It's the offensive line. If our offensive line is not going to play as a cohesive unit, if somebody's going to get injured, another knee blows out, who knows? Then toss the season. It's not going to be what you everybody's hoping it's going to be. But if this offensive line is giving Shuck time that he's not used to in the backfield, if it is going to give our runners more ability to you know seize the gap as it were. Then this Texas Tech football season becomes what everybody's kind of, what opponents are scared it's going to be and what we're, we are really hoping it's going to be. It all comes down to the offensive line. So I hate that. So I hate it so much. I hate it.
0: Well, so Jeremy, I have good news and bad news. So the good news is I think these starters are just as good as the starters were last year. I think actually this actually is this O line. That I just mentioned. This is a really good O-line. Like I think this is a good enough O-line to, to keep Shuck upright. To have the running game going good. I think Cole R- Bench is really good. From everything I've heard about Rusty's stats. He's really filling in nicely. Remember he was on uh, Zach Kitley's offense back at Western Kentucky. Uh, uh, So the interior is really good of Spencer, and Wilburn. Uh, Like I said, Caleb Roger got a lot of on-the-job training, but he did get better as the year went on. Um, So, like, this starting lineup I think is really good, just as good as it was last year. Bad news is I think the depth on the O-line is just as weak as it was last year, which means that if we have the same injury problems on the O-line that we did last year, we're in for a long season. Like it's, it's the exact same. We're in the exact same boat we were just a year ago when it comes to the O line, and that's kind of the issue. I think if these five guys are these five guys for twelve games, I'll be very happy. I will be very happy. Um, if not, we may see a lot of on the job training for Ty Buchanan, who Ty Buchanan's good. He's just young, right? We may see a lot of on the job training for for Landon Peterson or for Matt Keeler. Like that's the that's kind of the, the juxtaposition there of of this o-line i think this o-line can be good if healthy it's just it's not a lot of depth there and no it's going depth. to take us a little bit to get that depth to be yeah. honest maybe an ongoing theme for this program
1: uh i mean and you know that the recruit like you know that they're trying to recruit a lot of offensive linemen that are being like recruited by i mean we lost that guy to alabama right but he was like hey you know texas tech is uh Texas is going to win the Big 12 championship X whenever, you know, in the next whatever years, You said. So like, that's great and all, but how about you freaking commit here so we can get <laughs> some – How about you be part of that? How about you be part of it, you coward? <laughs> <laughs> no, but, yeah, I mean, the truth how, is, like – How
0: dare you go to Alabama what sets you up for most success for your NFL future? What huh what's wrong with you? dare you? I but bet you, you don't even get
1: injured there. What's the point? <laughs> so – you know that their heart's in the right place. You know they're looking, you're they're looking for those wells of talent. It's just like, you know, hopefully we can start that up sooner than later. Especially with the talent that we have coming in at the skill positions and the quarterback and all that. You know, you, you hope that we can get like a consistent line play because then you become the team you want to be, right? The offensive line is where it starts and ends. And so uh, depth chart be damned. I hope that I hope we never see the deeper parts of this offensive line for good reason.
0: <laughs> well, so let's, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about some of those skill positions so starting off with the receivers. So we have at the X uh, the outside spots. We have uh Loic Fungi at the X and Duran Bradley at the Z. So Duran Bradley is, he's, he's him, right? For a preseason, all big 12 selection, all that jazz. Uh, with Jordan Brown and JJ Sparkman backing them up. And then on the inside, Dre McCray at the H spot with miles price at the Y uh, so what do you think about our receivers there?
1: Just win, baby. You know, I, I tell you what, I, obviously Duran Bradley, um, no doubt, right? Miles Price is very familiar. Xavier White has has proven that he can be a very effective um, inside receiver in that way. I like that Nehemiah Martinez is on there. We can't forget that Nehemiah Martinez is actually an incredible athlete. Um, J.J. Sparkman behind Duran Bradley, I'm excited about. But I expect him to fill more in, like maybe in an X, just kind of like rotating. Loic Fungi, you remain, you remain a a lot of potential, is where I'm going to say. I have had the highest hopes for Loic, and he has shown flashes, right? He's shown some big, great catches and all that. But like TJ Vasher. You, you got to you gotta give you some consistency, man. I like Loic Fungi. I think he can be an excellent, but you got to do more for me. And I don't know what it is. I don't know what he can do more, but he's got to do something more for me. If you're going to be the number one on the left or whatever, come on, man.
0: This is the third year in a row we're saying we're waiting for a breakout season for Loic Fungi. <laughs> <laughs> it's so it's not happening, happening is what
1: you're saying. It's not happening.
0: <laughs> uh, is, no, I, I, I hold out hope still. Uh, I will say the biggest surprise of this entire depth chart. Dre McRae at H, yeah, I, I, that I wasn't expecting. I thought we would see Xavier Martinez or, or Xavier White or Nehemiah Martinez opposite of Miles Price there at the H. Um, was not expecting Dre McRae to be there, uh, and that is definitely a big surprise. I would say um, transfer from Austin P. All right, and so this is a guy that's making a big jump up, transfer from Austin P. You're thinking, oh, a little FCS school, yeah, sure. Yeah. He started all the games at F C uh, at Austin P. Sure, he really balled out over there, but this is big boy, Big Twelve football, what can he do? He's a starter. He's a starter over at the age. Quick, shifty, can get things done. And so I would say that was when I looked at the bed. I was like, oh man, McCray, huh? All right. So that's actually kind of exciting, right? I think if somebody comes out of nowhere and really takes a spot like that, that's really exciting to see, like, man, coaching staff sees something in him. Like, because he's not only just getting a, like, it's not a random spot he's taken. They look at a guy like Xavier White, who I feel like has been here for 30 years, um, and Hamar Martinez, who really burst on the scene last year. And they said, hey guys, we really like it. Y'all are good. You're going to back up Miles Price again because this guy, Drake McCray, he got it. Right, so that's that's very um, special there, and and I do want to say Jaran Bradley, um, Jaran Bradley, you know every other year we have Mr. Texas Tech wide receiver, right? Like we are known for our wide receivers here. Uh, we have Erica Zukama, Kiki Kuti, uh Jakeen Grant. Shout out to Dream, he just got injured again. Uh, that's my guy. I, I'm sorry for that to, that had to happen to him, but um, every other year we have. Our, like our guy at receiver TJ Vasher is a good example our guy at receiver that we're like man this guy right here he has it Duran Bradley will prove that he's that guy this year right like you you saw the talent last year you saw the talent we talked about consistency you just needed to be consistent this is the year where every team is going to have their number one corner on Duran Bradley with the safety over the top because of how dangerous he is this is the year and uh, you better hope you don't give Tyler Shuck time back there to get Duran Bradley because it's going to be a problem for everybody
1: yeah, no doubt. I think that if you're if you're gonna have you gotta have the, the quarterback wide receiver duo if you're gonna be effective in this conference. Um Tech, Tech has made a really big habit of like slinging it around, which is great because we have a lot of talent out wide. But you're gonna have to have that cons- that guy is gonna consistently go up and get you the ball. And we may have a little bit of that at the tight end spot. We may have a little bit of consistency there, right? We were talking about that pre pod. You know, you got Mason Tharp or Baylor Cup behind them. You got Henry Teeter and Jayden Jay Yorker. you know they're gonna grow into the position. So if we can find, and we were talking about, Albert says that Mason Tharp is the better receiver and Baylor Cup is the better blocker. I don't disagree with that at all. Do we? And but but McGuire has said that Mason Tharp has had the most most growth. And take this with a grain of salt, right? Because if you're getting a, you, you grew the most in camp. It's not always the best thing, right? But we know that Mason Tharp isn't bad. So <laughs> um, he's not going from zero to five. He's going from like 80 to 85. And so, you know, if we can get Mason Tharp to be a good blocker, then we won't have to worry about, oh, Baylor cups on the field. They're obviously running it. Or, oh, Mason Tharp's on the field. They're obviously going to pass. Um, we can get a little bit more trickanerous we can get a little bit tricky with our like play schemes and so getting away from the wide receiver position looking more at a kind of functional receiver blocker combo I like our our tight ends man Dylan Smythe and I have been a plus tight end fans since the dawn of this McGuire regime and Mason Tharp and Baylor Cup are two dang good tight ends for different reasons but they're both good tight ends so do you have any qualms with that position? <laughs> no, it's just, you know, tight ends are boring. Um, but, uh, <laughs> we were not saying that when we had big old Jay Samaro. We were throwing to him. That, uh, that seam down the middle was money every time. We haven't done that in a long time, but it was money.
0: I have other reasons for disliking Jason Morrow that has nothing to do with football. So, uh, <laughs> So, but anyways, uh, so Mason, you're right. Tight end wise. I, I like Mason Tharp. but Mason Tharp can get it together and be a really good blocker um, along with his pass catching and be a weapon uh, that the, that the behemoth that he is, uh, that'd be very, that'd be uh, unlock another coat or, yeah, unlock another cheat code to this offense. That'd absolutely be fantastic. Uh, last but not least, running back position, Taj Brooks, Cameron Valdez. Uh, a little bit surprised here, and this is my surprise, that uh, Bryson Donnell isn't on the depth chart. I kind of expected there to be a little bit of a three-headed monster um, there at the running back position. Instead, we're going to see Cameron Valdez, which is fantastic because he's speed against awesome field. Um, he, he's great. We saw him break out in last, a couple of last games where he just... just I think he would have had like a forty-yard scamper, no problem. He's fast. He's gonna be if you get him past the second level of the defense, you're not catching him. Um, that's great. I do. I I kind of did expect still Bryson Donnell to be on the depth chart. That doesn't mean we're not gonna see him at all. It doesn't mean we're gonna, probably gonna see him a lot less than I, I I was expecting. But it's touch time. It's touch time at the running back
1: position. It's touch time, and we saw he, he's really in his in his own words. He's taken a step forward to be the voice. You know, he wants to be a leader on this team. He wants to help new guys get, you know, assimilated. He wants to kind of take charge of that role, right? You're pretty much battling it out with Sir Roger Thompson last season and for good reason. And now you see Sir Roger Thompson's actually doing pretty good in, uh, you know, where he's at now in Seattle. Um, but it's Taj time, right? Taj Brooks has worked really hard to get where he is now. And Cameron Valdez is going to be an excellent running back. This year periodically, and then next year for sure. But man, Taj Brooks has worked hard for this season, and I'm excited to see him really take the reins and be a captain on the field and kind of keep the guys going, keep everybody together. Don't be surprised if he's running around the offensive line and slapping helmets. That's the kind of guy he wants to be this season. He wants to give people encouragement. He wants to keep this team rolling. So I I love it, man. I think the running back. I think the running back position is going to be great. I'm with you. You know, it's interesting that we didn't go the full three there, but. Um, I'm wondering if they're going to try to, I uh, don't even know the strategy anymore in, in reserving like kind of depth chart positioning and stuff like that. But, um, don't be surprised if you see people slip in there. Nehemiah Martinez also a couple times last season kind of filled into a pseudo running back position. That was in the more trick trickery, um, the bit more complicated formation. So, but no problems running back for me, man. I'm excited to see another, uh, efficient enough running game, right? Let's get at least. Ten run, ten to twelve run plays in during the <laughs> during the game. So,
0: Jeremy, we have gone thirty-five plus minutes, and we have not. We've talked mentioned... about everything.
1: We talked about everything we had to talk about, man. It's over. Uh, uh, lock it up. Just, just, just <laughs> lock it up. Just,
0: just keep going. We people are throwing tomatoes at us because we haven't talked about the quarterbacks at all.
1: They're throwing their tortillas. Um, yeah,
0: and uh, they're going to wait a little bit longer because we got to talk about our new apparel sponsor uh <laughs> this year that is charlie hustle they they hooking us up they're the ones hooking us up this year that's what we're we're off the who are sponsor from last time now we're on charlie hustle if you're not with charlie hustle i don't know what to tell you charlie hustle.com um, and they have a new brand new texas tech collection right? They have vintage-inspired Texas Tech Red Raider apparel, and it's really some of the best in the country. Uh, They have t-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies. Again, these things are soft, um, and you gotta, you know, you don't want to have the same old Under Armour, you know, that you bought it from uh, Cardinals, right? Everybody got that. You don't want all this other old stuff. Go ahead and get you that Texas Tech Old school double T shirt with a little Spartan coming out. He has a Texas Tech uh, a hat with the wings. What was that Greek mythology, that, that Greek uh, god? That has one? The, little, uh, <laughs> the one? The one with the wings on his feet.
1: That's Ares, right? That's Ares, great. yeah, yeah. It got Ares, Ares on the yeah. shirt.
0: But, you know, Texas Tech gets you another one. Yeah, Raider Red with the guns bla- uh, blazing. And Texas Tech in front of me. Their
1: or, crew neck uh, is pretty sick. They got some letter. good gear.
0: They got some good stuff, man. They got some good stuff at charleyhustle.com.
1: Big twelve players mm-hmm. are wearing these. People, big twelve p- players yeah. are wearing these. So, get them while they're hot. Don't be the last one to put this stuff on.
0: Yeah, and here's the thing: like, I, like we have a really, we're, we're getting a really good relationship with Charlie Hustle, the, the gang over there. Um, if we, as a collective, can go out there and really ball out on Charlie Hustle stuff, we're gonna try to see if they can make some, you know, maybe some some Shuck shirts. Right, get us some Taj Time t shirts, something, but we got to make sure that the market's there, that everybody is strong as they know the Texas tech, Tech's going to show out. So, let us charleyhustle.com go to the collections page, go to Texas Tech page, and swag out. So, Jeremy, now we can talk quarterbacks. So, guess who's the starter, Jeremy? <laughs> it's the world's worst kept secret. Tyler Shuck is the starter, Baron Morton's the backup. Uh, but unlike last year, we only got two. This year, we only got two quarterbacks. We can't have a situation where both quarterbacks get hurt this year. Uh, so, how excited are you for the Tyler Shuck show? Will we see the Baron Morton show?
1: What do you expect from our quarterbacks? I expect to see both of them throughout the season. My hope, my hope is that Tyler Shuck will have learned from his past and decide this season, I don't want to get hurt anymore. <laughs> I don't want to get hurt anymore. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, I think as everything is coming together, we're talking about the special teams. We're talking about the defense. We're talking about the offense. Everything is coming together. And we've talked about it in other podcasts. We've talked about it on other episodes. Like if Texas Tech is going to make a real push to challenge for the Big 12, it's got to be this season. And it's got to be behind Tyler Shuck. So I'm ready. Like I'm excited to see, you know, and I mean, if, <laughs> if he breaks his collarbone three, three, uh, uh, three, uh, whatever they're called into the first game, don't call me cause I expected it anyways. But like, you know, I'm excited to see a season where we can have a court quarter, one quarterback really take the brunt of the snaps. If, if I see Baron Morton, it better be because we're hanging 50 a burger on Tarleton state, right? Like, I don't want to see Baron Morton unless we have to, or if they bring out some kind of, you know, we had a couple, especially in the Ole Miss game, we had a couple formations where both Morton and Shuck were on the field and Ole Miss defense literally is like, I don't know who the hell is going to throw the ball. You
0: know, real quick though. I actually could see that happening quite a few times this year. Like, sure. I don't think even if Tyler Shuck doesn't get hurt this year in which I pray for it every day, that actually is the case. Um, I don't think Barry Morton's going to hold a clipboard all year. Like I, I do actually expect there to be some situations where you do get an athlete and a, and a player like Baron Morton some way out in the field. And also Zach Kelly's creative like that. But anyways, continue.
1: Tyler Shuck needs to be – the thing last year that was so complicated is that we had three quarterbacks. And they all played great and they all played terrible. Um, and I need, I need – I think this team needs QB1. An uninterrupted QB one, and for Tyler Shuck, I mean, again, everything's coming together. Tyler Shuck is healthy. Apparently, he's having a really good camp. Blah blah. blah. Everybody knows that he had a really good end of the year last year. He's eight and in the games that he starts. Isn't that he starts and he finishes in? He's got the same defensive or the same offensive coordinator for two years in a row. It's the first time in his entire career, he's had the same offensive coordinator from back to back seasons. It just it's gotta be this season, please. Gods above, below, wherever they are. For, to give to Chuck titanium bones like Wolverine because we really need him. We need that QB one to be all season. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Hey man, that's below. Hey, wherever they, <laughs> I, Hey,
0: wherever we can <laughs> okay, get it, we're going okay, to get it. Okay. Low Uzi vert um so <laughs> that's yeah so i will say i have said that baron morton is the best backup quarterback in the conference so if if Tyler shuck wants to go down god forbid i still do have a lot of faith in baron morton um that faith drops considerably if baron morton wants to also go down there's no hate to jake strong right friend of the pod no hate to him at all and i'm very excited for his future i just i'm excited for his f- future not his now all right i want this let's b- shuck and morton Right, so going forward. So who is your MVP of the offense?
1: It's Jeran Bradley. I think it's Terran Bradley without question. I think Bradley had – I think we have put the crown on Bradley's head in the off season, deservedly so. I think he's going to wear it well. And I think that he's going to be an excellent option. And his size, his reach, he's got everything going for him. Even if defense, I mean, even last season, defensive players are queuing up on Bradley. Getting in his grill, he's still he's still making catches. He's still that dude, right? He's got the X factor. He's going to be a big piece of this team, both in the short game, but especially those long balls, man. We got to have more deep threat uh, this season because we it was too sparse last season. I don't trust Loic Fungi. <laughs> I need Joran Bradley to be that dude. So for me, it's Joran Bradley, and that's really kind of the laziest pick uh, of this podcast.
0: I still believe in you, Loic, even if Jeremy doesn't. Um, my guy is gonna be Monroe Mills, left tackle. Please please keep our quarterback upright. <laughs> Monroe Mills. I need you to lead the O line. Please keep him upright. That's that's the guy. And I I believe in Monroe Mills. The problem is, so what's happened the last few years is a guy I believe on the O line and been playing. <laughs> he gets hurt early on. So just like Shuck, I need Monroe Mills. I need Cole Spencer. I need y'all to stay healthy. Right? Same same way. Same uh same thing. So um, So let's talk about it, Jeremy. So we have Wyoming this weekend, but after Wyoming, we have Shuck is going to go up against his former team, Oregon, right on the ninth. Then we have Charleston State. Uh, we go to West Virginia. We're home against Houston. We're then at Baylor, um, home against Kansas State, which I think is homecoming. Uh, then we're at BYU. We have a bye week after BYU. I wish it was before BYU, but it is after BYU um and but we do have a bye week before our Thursday game home against TCU we are at Kansas home against UCF and then at Texas Jeremy what's our record
1: I think our record is 9 and 3 I I What
0: else coming from Jeremy put I, put, your, put your chest out there
1: I'm putting my chest out there I put my so I had this team and I'm going to stick to my original, you know, we've had a lot of great conversation with other podcasts about their teams, about everybody on our schedule. And you know what? They're always going to talk about their teams, but they don't know what they're talking about. So,
0: Real quick, time out, time out. Not to cut you off, but I did find it funny. Everybody thinks they're beating us, but West Virginia. <laughs> I did. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> everybody was like, yeah, yeah, you know, you know, I think we'll, but you know, that's the game. Actually, no, I'll say that back. No, Houston also said they weren't going to beat it. They well, be you it. know. Those are the only two. Those were the two that were like, yeah, you know, I, I, I don't think we're going to win that game. Everybody else was like, mm, it's going to be tough, but I think, I think we'll beat them.
1: Very, <laughs> yeah, good politicians. They're like, hey, you guys are a good team. We're going to beat you, yeah, but it'll be close.
0: We're going to beat you.
1: It's like, we almost yeah. hired you. Yeah, no, I don't want that crap, so get out of here. Um, <laughs> you win Wyoming, okay? You win Wyoming because it's September, even if you're in Laramie. It, you're, it's September and it's not snowing. You're fine. Um, you win Oregon. Even though Oregon is a really good team this year, Oregon has got to figure it out, right? Oregon is coming down to Lubbock. And Joey McGuire does not like to lose at home. Six and one. He does not like to lose at home. Um, Tarleton State. All right, dub. West Virginia, dub. Houston, dub. So at this point, you're 5-0. and oh. I love that. But you go down to Waco, and here's my, like, surprise loss is that you lose to Baylor. And I think you lose to Baylor because you get on such a high, 5-0. and I don't think this team, you know, that hype is going to be real, especially after that Oregon game. And then you get two Big 12 games in, you're 2-0. You're sitting up number one in the Big 12, right? You're going to see that flashy standing. you are going to go down to Baylor, and they may be struggling a bit, but they're going to get you at home. And so I think you lose at Baylor, but then you get to bounce back against Kansas State, another ranked victory. Uh, you get to go to BYU. Um, I think you lose that BYU game. I think you lose that BYU game because it's tough. It is tough to play in Utah. Uh, it's probably gonna be at night. Those Mormons don't drink, so they will be alert and ready. Um, it's gonna be wild. Uh, <laughs> um, TCU, Kansas, UCF wins. I like that TCU game, even though we're in. Um, or excuse me, even though we're, we're home and TCU is coming off of their crazy good season i think that they're going to kind of reel back i do think uh i do think sunny captured lightning in a bottle last season it's going to look different this season so i think that you get a win against tcu i don't actually think that they'll be ranked by the time we play them but we'll see um and then a loss at texas my last my last my third and final loss is a loss against texas and that one will suck
0: so our predictions are very similar. I also have us going nine and three. Um but I have us winning at Baylor but losing home against Kansas State. But I I, I agree Rats. with you at, at BYU. Uh
1: That's a tough place. That
0: that's 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 hard, man. Like that's that is hard, man. Like the thing about Baylor at Baylor is that'll be Joe McGuire's first game at Baylor. He's gonna want to win that.
1: That's true. So that's true. Yeah. Um
0: and so that there's that. And then uh I agree with you. Home against TCU, I think that's going to just be a, a battle. We're going to be coming off of a bye week a week before. I think we're going to really want to win that one as well. Uh, and then at Texas, man. And that's probably going to be to get into the Big 12 championship game. It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. And I am hoping I'm wrong about this. And who knows? Hopefully in, when we were previewing the games in November, we'll have a, a completely different mindset. But so far, I got to go. I got to go longhorns on that one. I will say I'm still not 100%. The Oregon game is tough. I, I really don't know. It's so tough. I really don't know. It's the most it, tough on it, schedule. Gonna, yeah, like I, I, see as We're gonna be six and three in the conference. That if if we go eight and four with the loss to Oregon and six and three in the conference, then that's just the okay. case. Like I, I, I have no idea. I don't know as of this point right now what's gonna actually happen. I'm very. Every other day, I have a new opinion on what's gonna happen in that Oregon game, and hopefully, a week from now when we're previewing the Oregon game, I'll have a better opinion for you because we'll at least have one game. Uh, where we can look at and point at and say okay, this is why we're gonna win or lose but uh, that game is tough I, I can't I can't I can't call it so uh jeremy we gotta get about of here um but those are our season previews uh with that actually one thing I didn't ask you Jeremy is if you both have us at nine and three uh what bowl do you think we get into
1: gosh dang I think that we get into a uh oh I don't know can we go to the Pop Tart Bowl? Everybody's talking about the Pop Tart Bowl because it's gonna be the, you know, the first of its kind. Con- I don't know, man. Uh, you know, Brett McMurphy be wilding with that New York Six Bowl, but I think it's possible. I think we can do it. I think we can squeak our way in, especially if Texas goes off to well, the College Football Playoff. I was about to
0: say, yeah, I was about to say because you have Texas in the, in the, in, the in the Big Twelve. Yeah. Oh no, or did you have Texas winning the Big Twelve? I can't remember from our. Yeah. listened to our preview.
1: Yeah. For me okay, it, so would would If Texas
0: winning the Big Twelve. Yeah. So like if the Texas is winning the Big Twelve, that means you have tech coming second, or at least being voted second. Voted second. And so So you can get to New York uh, 6 that way. Uh, that's true. That's true. It's or, gonna or depend well, on everything that six out. Technically, both us and K State, uh, or whoever you have in second could make it. K State, yeah. Yeah. Could make your way there. So there's that. Um, I'm not as hopeful. Pop tart pop tarts me, baby. <laughs> pop tart me, baby. Uh <laughs> yeah, Pop Tarts. Pop Tarts, pop tarts. That's what I think we're um, this time we're not gonna get rejected,
1: right? Because pop I mean, come on, guys, learn your um, lesson. Oklahoma's not good.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, all right. So, for uh, anything else you want to say to the people, Jeremy,
1: football is here.
0: Football is here, and for all my fellow degenerates that like to gamble, uh, make sure to go to PricePick, pricepicks.com dot What you're gonna do is you're gonna put a hundred dollar deposit in there. All right. And you're going to be like, man, I'm about to lose this $100. You know, I don't know about the, the spread. I mean, I, I put down money on Navy minus 20. And they screwed me by getting blown out by Notre Dame and Ireland. You know, I get it. I get it. But here's the thing. If you put in our promo code, TAKES12, T-A-K-E-S-1-2, the price Picks going to match that. So you get a free $100 with that, all right? If you don't want to do $100, you're not feeling that spicy, put in $50. bucks, they are going to match it. But they're going to match it up to 100 either way. So, that's free money. We're just trying to help you out here. Make sure to use our promo code TAKES12, takes twelve T A K E S one two, because you know I mean, I'm trying to help you out. Because when those that, that loss that hurts, that hurts. You thought you thought okay USC's gonna blow San San Jose State out, and you know they they started playing with them because Caleb Williams is a beast, but that defense is not. Right, but Alex Grinch, the defense coordinator, is not a beast. So there's that. But anyways, um, thought I'd squeeze that tidbit in there for all, all of my degenerates. But for Jeremy Gillen, the People's Champ, this is Albie Shaw and you have been listening to the Tortillas and Takes podcast, part of the Ten Twelve Network. As a- stay wreck
1: people, Sports Social Podcast Network.